How's it going, everyone? Loud? Too loud? No, it's fine. I just, I thought you were going to say, what's going on? Nope. Nope. I switched it up. Okay. What's going on? There it is. Almost, Cannoners. Guess what? We got some good news. Our listener, I don't know, what, what do you want to call them? Listenership, is that a word? Sure. It's up. 300%. Yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> now, we're hosted by Anchor.fm, and they do provide all sorts of cool little stats and stuff. Our listenership has tripled over the last week, and I don't know what the cause of that is, but we want to thank all you people out there for doing what you do, which is just downloading our stuff, press and play, and then listening and enjoying. That's all we ask. Oh, and like and subscribe and review and all that shit, please. Yeah, we need those reviews. And them likes, and them subscriptions. That's the key. That's All those things. You know, because when you when you subscribe to the podcast, you know, it automatically pops up every time we upload a new episode. So instead of you having to go, and you know how many, I have had so many people come up to me and can you send me an episode, please? What do you call? No, no. Just subscribe. You got and the app on your phone. You don't have to worry about it. You got the app on your phone. It's built in. If you got an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts. If you got another kind of phone, I don't know. Figure it out. But you'll do it. You're smart. You got a phone. You already got that far. The rest is up to you. Just find Almost Canon. That's right. Are Almost you filming canon. us right now, Nick? I am. Whoa. I'm trying. I'm gonna, I just got my hand in the air. What's up? It's Bank Roberts over here. And I want to welcome you back to the studio, man. It's been a little while. I know, it has. It has. Welcome back. A Lonely Highway has been extra, extra lonely without you. But we're back in business for the time being. Yep. I almost forgot how to get here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I just can't. I can, I can never forget how to get here. <laughs> no. It's not that hard. <laughs> You know, you're still silly. <laughs> you used to be silly and you still are. I just think after all these phone conversations, I forgot. But <laughs> I hear you are being silly. All right. All right. So last week, we talked about some crazy Faye-related shit going on. And guess what? What? Remember? And I mentioned this place called the Bennington Triangle right here in Vermont. You remember me talking about that? I do. Well, guess what? What? I totally forgot that I got a creepy ass story that somebody sent me what? that took place right there. Wow! Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell, tell me. On Gladstonebury Mountain. And I'm going to get into that right now. Cool. On Almost Canon. Yeah, let's skip the chit chat, man. Get right to it. All right. All right. So the story. This was sent to me by a guy. I'm not going to. I had no prior. You know, he, he gave me the story. A while ago, he said I could use it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I didn't ask him about putting it on the podcast, so I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but it was sent to me by this guy, and it was a little while before Christmas, and he was up in the woods cutting evergreen trees to make 
and he got permission to be on this property. On Glastonbury Mountain? Yeah, and okay. he was going to make wreaths, Christmas wreaths, right? Yeah. So he's cutting all this this green, and over, I guess over the, the you know, the buzz of his chainsaw, he heard someone yelling, help, help. There was a girl, so it was probably like, help. Oh yeah And he, he was like Whoa what was that What was that <clears throat> And he listened And he didn't hear anything So he started You know Chainsawing some more branches And he hears Help Help He's like Okay I definitely heard someone Screaming for help So he He puts the chainsaw down He turns it off And he's standing there You know In in the forest That's really good timing With the music I know It got real quiet Cool He's standing there Everything's quiet, you know, the wind's blowing, there's snow, snow in the air, and he hears, help, help, and he's like, okay, that's definitely someone yelling for help, mm. so he runs off into the woods towards the, the sound, uh, and as he's moving forward towards the sound, it keeps, you know, further and further away, so, so he gets closer, and then it Sounds like it's way further than than it orig- originally sounded. It's receding, you're saying. Yeah, so like it's it's like moving. It's not a con- like whoever yeah. whoever's yelling for help is moving okay. away from him. Okay, 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 okay. So he's like, and then you know he hears this this scream for help, this plea for help a couple more times, and it it seems to have stopped, and I guess it was like around this swampy area. Uh, this is like lower on the mountain somewhere. Um, and then it's just dead quiet, no sound, nothing, completely dead. And then he said, all of a sudden, there was this huge rumble that came from the mountain, almost inside the mountain. And it was just like this huge, huge rumble, scared the shit out of him. He's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And he went running off. He said it was like, it was almost like the mountain had come alive. And the only thing he could like think that it sounded like was some sort of machine within the mountain it wasn't like a heavy equipment or something you know like a excavator or something it was like coming from inside the mountain he said so i don't know that's that story he just heard the screams for help and then the craziest noise from the mountain the machine sound and then no more help screams and he just booked it out of there yeah he felt like uh this this scream was kind of like drawing him somewhere like you know Oh, like it was luring him. It wasn't yeah. actually a person that was in danger. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he never found anyone. Every You know, every time he got closer, it was further away until it said, you know, and it stopped. And he knew where it was coming from. Like he had heard it stop. It had stopped. Mm. There's nothing there. And mm. then this funky, scary sound came from the mountain. So, so it was like a decoy. Something. Was, was there any missing person report or anything like that from that time? No, I don't. I don't think so. Whoa. Yeah, no, it's weird. It is weird. Very weird. Yeah, so that's that's that. Could be fake, folk. I don't know, but that sounds like the whole entire mountain. I, I don't know, man. The mountain's creepy for sure. Mountain yep. itself is creepy. There's like stories of weird shit going on in that mountain that go back hundreds of two, you know, 150, 200 years, yeah. 1700s, you know. Sounds like a field trip. White rocks, Glastonbury <laughs> Mountain. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get to the man, bottom I'm of this. I'm kind of creeped out to go over there. No, man. We got this. But, uh, and I got one other thing I wanted to cover. Um, it's kind of personal issue. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
So a while ago, I had sent an email to the president of the historical society of, of the town that I live in. Okay, we're not going to get more specific than that because no. I know who you're talking no, about. No, we're not. Um, oh, I hope he listens. <laughs> yeah, he, right. You know who you are, you son of a bitch. And and I asked them, you know, I had this person stop me and I was talking to them because they had this really cool stone foundation in their yard. It's like a foundation, you know, there's tons of foundations around where we live, old stone, you know, built houses and stuff in the woods. And there's this really cool one and I asked, was asking them about it and they started telling me about this story of how, you know... I guess someone in their family was either told this or they found out somehow that Benedict Arnold was buried in this cemetery up behind their house. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That That's a cool, weird story. You know, obviously, he's, he's buried in England somewhere. Um, but yeah, this is the guy, the, the Benedict Arnold from the Revolutionary War, who, you know, the great traitor. Who, that's how we, everyone knows him. Uh I've read different stories about Benedict. I thought he was a pretty cool guy based on some of the things that I've read. I mean, at first he was. Like, at first he was like an American hero. Like, this guy led the armies around around us, upstate New York, uh, Lake Champlain area, you know, into Canada. He led armies. And he end, I think he ended up getting shot in the leg, in the thigh, and he got bummed out. You know, he got a bum leg, and he kind of got left behind, and it pissed him off, so he... He sold the, you know, he sold us out to the British. But uh, mm, okay, at least okay. that's how I know it. And um, so yeah, so this person was telling me that this guy's buried back there, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So I sent an email to the historical society president, and he was like, he was so against it, man. Like, I don't, need, I, I have the emails, I won't read them, but he was like, this is you're so dumb, blah blah blah. I can't believe you believe that. You're stupid, blah blah, it, blah blah. He made it personal, like he was attacking you. Oh yeah. What? Like, I got these emails. I, oh, it would take me a minute to find them, but... Just give me a highlight. Something that he might have said that... Why would he do that? Why would he attack you personally? I mean, if he's going to be... And a, I have... I had asked him about other... It's because it's not... It's like folklore. It's not history. You know, it's... This is like folklore. Right, but I mean, as a professional he scholar... does not like it at all. You would think he would have the decency not to, like, turn it into a personal think. attack. You would think. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of him. You know, I've seen, like, his little picture... I've never <laughs> yeah. met him. I've never talked to him, but he seems a little full of himself. Yeah. I mean, I don't know him other than, um, you know, these emails, but yeah, I'm going to try to search one really quick. He doesn't pop up as as his name, so I got to figure out how to, what am I going to write? What, does he have some kind of like alias that he uses when he writes? No, I think it's just like, uh, yeah, here we go. Oh my God! It's president, you know, at blah blah blah. President, he calls he calls himself president at the historical society. Yeah, what a douche! <laughs> Are you kidding? All right, so this is this is the last. You know, I I told him about this story, and he was like, "Blah, you know, this is so dumb." Blah blah blah. And then this was the last email he sent me. It was like, "Hey, Nikki boy, how about I write this up? Uh, this history you spew for an article in the paper." Include your false and stupid claims. I spoke with another historian this morning who suggested it would make you famous. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was at the grocery store the other day in town, the little town grocery store, and I saw this cool book. It was like, it was like local legends and lore and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, cool. And I looked through it and I saw Benedict Arnold, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Right, because you had already... 
learned that uh, fact about the burial. Right. Burial. So I was like, that's cool. And I was looking at it, and I guess it was this dude, this guy, he wrote about the story that he got from me in his book. Wait a minute. How? That timeline doesn't add up. <laughs> like, this is a new book. Okay. And I had emailed them a while ago. Oh, okay. Several you, years ago. Ah, uh, okay. I thought this was Yeah, no, this recent. was several years ago. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I was like, dude, you wrote about this in the book after giving me so much shit. Come on. Wait a minute. Did he respond to... So you wrote, wrote him back saying, hey, you like calling him out on the fact that he, he took your... I mean, uh, I, I... No, 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 I didn't. Well, why not? Now you got to go... Hold him to account for that. I like shit. put something online, Facebook, and I was like, "No, I just deleted it." But man, everything I learned about this guy makes me like him less and less. You know, like what he wrote in the book was kind of like, "Oh, this is complete folklore, fake, blah blah blah," sort of. But then at the same time, I was like, "Dude, you obviously he's still putting it in his book, right?" And he went and he interviewed these people who lived up there. Like he talked to them and stuff. I was like, "So you had you." found the time to go and do this after giving me so much shit about it. I was what like, a shady character, man. I know. And he's know. using your, your info to, for his own gain, whether or not he believes it. And then in his book, he even, he wrote about me specifically. Oh, that's cool. Mm, yeah. But he probably didn't give you any credit. Like, No, he didn't use my name. Probably said some dumbass wrote me and figured I'd follow up on it. Pretty much. That's pretty much what it said. Of course. God, what a loser. He says several emails were exchanged. This man had made up his mind. His made This man had made up his mind. It was true. I tried to reason with him to no avail. He told me I should resign as president of the Chester Historical Society. Did you really tell him that? I, I after I got all those nasty <laughs> like I got several nasty emails from him as he called me a flathead and an idiot. Flathead and stupid and blah blah. And I was like, well maybe the Chester Historical Society should get a president who can actually talk to people. You mm -hmm. know, like well, right. Instead of being an a complete ass, it. yeah. Like I asked him, and, and it is Chester history. Technically, it's folklore from the area. Yeah. Like folklore is still history. And he obviously followed up on it, so there was some, you know, credibility to it and whatever. Right. Man. Okay. You know. I don't know. It just kind of irked me, man. Like I don't know if I'm getting my point across, but like I understand. It irked me. And then and he wrote me a... He didn't add my name or anything, but that's me he was talking about, and I don't like it. Mm. And I don't like him. Yeah, fuck him. Because I, I mean, I've talked to him about several other things, too. So you guys have a history? Is yeah. He, is he and every time like he's like that. Ugh. Like, I found these really cool stone structures in the woods, and I'd sent him an email about them. He was like, you need to stay away from there. Do not go in there. Do not post anything about those. Why? What was his reasoning? Because he doesn't want people up there destroying them. Um, you know, it's understandable, but at the same time, they're not on private property. Right. What is he, the guardian? They're, Fuck this guy. They're right on the side of a road. Come on. Like, it was a dirt road in the middle of the woods, but they're still on the side. It's really cool, but yeah, I mean, it's just haven't. He's not a very nice person, it doesn't seem like. So he's the president of the historical society where you live. Yeah. And we all know where you live, but we're not going to say it. Now, what else does he do? Does he like I have, have no a, idea? Okay, you don't know anything about him. No, Ugh. I know he writes article in the paper every He's, week or yeah, whatever. In the fucking free flyer <laughs> yeah. that nobody reads or gives a shit about. You know what? 
never mind. I don't know. It's just uh, people like that, so full of themselves. It's come on. Just take yourself a little bit less seriously. You know, I know it's life or death for him, but God, get off your high horse. You I jackass. Anyway. Oh, now you got me all riled up. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, it's, I mean, he's smart. Like, he knows his history of the area. Is he? That little profile byline shit. He's, like, dressed in a fucking, you know, union uniform. I know, it's like, like a, a union. Complete. Yeah. Uh, all right. Still. But, I mean, he's he knows the history of the area and all. He's just not a very good people person. I guess not. But, all right. So that's off the table. That's it. That's all I want to talk about. Good night. Okay. That's almost canon. See ya. Later. Almost canon. Peace. Let's do a proper Ah, intro. Just kidding. Let's do a proper intro back here at Lonely Highway Studio. Now, this is episode, I want to say 21, and we're getting some traction going. Um, My name is Bank Roberts, and I'm sitting here in person with the one, the only, Nick Billiards, a.k.a. Nick Willard. And uh, I think we got a pretty... A pretty, I think we got a corker of a subject today. Now, Nick, I don't know how you want to go about doing this because we got a special guest coming in. Is that right? We do. Talk to me. What are we doing? Hold on one second. I just screwed your whole thing up. What do you mean? I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this word. It involves what we're getting into, and I just don't know. It's this bottom word right here. Uh, here, I'll highlight it for you. Like, What is that? Eschatology. Nice. I think that means something like, uh, I want to say like destruction or um, uh, like apocalypse. I think it has something to do with that, but I'm not sure. I'll look it up real quick. We'll find out. Would you? Yeah. I read this. quite important. One of my favorite books has a, a game based on that word. It's called Eschaton. And it's a game where all these little kids simulate the nuclear destruction of the world by lobbing nuclear warheads at different targets. But they do it on a tennis court, which represents the map of the world. Eschaton, eschatology, that's what lead me, leads me to believe it's something to do with Armageddon, apocalypse. Yeah, End of much. the world. End of the world, yeah. So but I was yeah. right? God damn Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about, we're going to, we got this guest, this, this, this buddy of mine, and he's going to talk to us about Apophis. Apophis. Yeah. Okay. This asteroid that is supposed to hit Earth in 2029. What? That's only a scant six years from this very day. Yeah. So before we call him, I'll just go over it really quick. So I think it was 2004. These astrology. Um, I can't remember if it was just these these random people or if it was NASA, but they had discovered this asteroid. You know, they traced its trajectory, and it was supposed to hit Earth in 2029. Right. That's the original story. In, 20, in 2004, it was the first uh, mention. First, right. Okay. And then they changed it so that it's supposed to hit Earth within the next 100 years. So not 2029, but the big conspiracy is they're making it up, and 2029 will be the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. <laughs> so... Oh, shit, I should give you his number. Yeah, so I'm going to be calling him from my phone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to bear with us. I'm going to do a little edit point here. Because we are 
calling out. And this is our first um, guest that we've had that is not in studio um, and and part of the family. So uh, it's going to be an interesting... This will be my first meeting of this person, and I'm very interested to see what he has to say. Oh, shit, did that? Okay. No, we're good. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, this is, let me get, you, get another picture. There you go. Yeah, this will be good for the Insta. Oh, yeah, subscribe on our Instagram, um, please. At Almost Cannon Pod. Almost Cannon Pod. All right, do you want me to call him? Yep. Here's his number. Is that cool? I'm pretty sure he won't send you texts in the middle of the night or anything, you know? I don't know. After he gets to know me, <laughs> a lot of people end up doing that. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me just um, get another edit point here. All right. Almost canoners. So, our guest this week, you know, he's, he's a humble Vermonter who uh, moved down to North Carolina. Now, now he's a trucker. And he's fallen down this, this rabbit hole of eschatology. There, how's that? Is that good? Sound good to me. Nice. All right, let's get into this. Wait, was that the whole intro? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Oh, I thought you were going to give like all the... Okay, no, that's fine. Go for it. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that for a sec. All right, so go ahead, Nikki. What do you got? No, I'm not going. Tyler's going. All right, Tyler. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, so a lot of these numbers are kind of like projections. Uh, We don't have a really great idea of exactly what we're looking at, but, um, yeah, I'll give you some of the facts about it, and we'll get going. Actually, hold on. Hold on one second. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to say, so this is Apophis, right? That's what it's called? Yes. The asteroid. Yeah. All right. So this yeah. is Apophis that we're talking about right now. Very cool. All right. Nope. All you, Tyler. Okay. okay, cool. So on June 19th, 2004, um, scientists discovered a asteroid that was later called 99942 Apophis. Uh, it was the first asteroid to score a four on nasa's uh basically potentially dangerous asteroid scale um it's about 1120 feet wide and it is supposed to be somewhere around one in 37 odds of striking the earth in 2029 on april friday the 13th go figure I know, that's so weird. I saw that. Friday yeah, the 13th. Yeah, sorry, one in how many odds? Uh, one in 37, about 2 to 3%. Okay. Um, it will be pretty close to Earth, uh, about 20,000 miles. Uh, and to put that in perspective, it's going to be about 200. Uh, the moon is about 238,000 miles. So it's going to be somewhere between 10 to 12 times closer than the moon. Um, it's, uh, actually closer than a lot of our space stations, our satellites that are orbiting the earth as we speak. So 
they're looking at it as like a great opportunity to like, you know, study it and all this different crap. <clears throat> but the weird part is like nothing that NASA is saying really makes much sense. Um, it all kind of like contradicts each, each other. So <clears throat> basically to put it into like perspective, this thing weighs about 66.6 million tons. Ooh. Uh, Six, yeah, six, six. creepy, right? <laughs> um, the moon weighs about 8.1 times 10 to the 19th power. Um, not really important, but to put it into perspective, the moon is 1.2 trillion times heavier than this asteroid, right? This asteroid is going to be 10 to 12 times closer than the moon. But they're saying we know for sure, without a doubt, that it's nothing to worry about. Don't don't concern yourselves with it. Um, and yet we've got other scientists like Neil deGrasse Harris and other big name guys who are basically saying like, they have no way of knowing that. Like, it's just not with how far away it is and how long it's going to be before it gets here. They don't have any way of really knowing for sure that it's not going to hit us. Tyler, uh, I think they, you just completed Neil deGrasse Tyson and Neil Patrick Harris. But <laughs> it is Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Oh, did I say Harris? You did. Oh, I meant Tyson. Right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. So he, um, <clears throat> him and a lot of other uh, big name astrologists have like come out and say like, they don't have any way of really knowing. And like, there's, there's a lot of like uh, big name. Uh, there's a lot of like big name science things, putting out articles saying that this thing's going to like skim by the earth, but not gonna, you know, make any contact with us. So it's nothing to worry about. And we've got NASA saying we're not, it's nothing to be concerned about. And just to prove that it's nothing to be concerned about, we've got like four different spacecrafts we're sending up to, to like study it and learn more about it. Like Armageddon. So it's like, wait a minute. You guys are currently saying you're confident it's not going to hit us. But at the same time, you're also saying that you're sending four spacecrafts up to visit it just to verify it at the same time like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense right at what point would those spacecraft be launched um to you know to study it would it would it have to be within a certain number of miles like so yeah so the problem is is it's already gone by so basically it goes in like cycles of like seven years and um, it'll like do a close pass by and then you won't have to see anything of it for a while. And then it'll have another close pass by seven years later. Gotcha. So we've already gone past the close pass by where we would have sent something to it originally. Okay. So we've kind of missed our chance on it. <clears throat> and when was that actually, last close pass by? When, when was the last time? It was, it was early last year. Oh, Okay. So they're yeah. just going to like launch a bunch of ships into the sky and just kind of like Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, blow, who's my <laughs> pretty much. Um, they've actually got one spacecraft in the air right now, right? That already collected a sample from some other asteroid that they were looking into, but that one's collected a sample from that asteroid 
and it's going to like throw the sample down to earth and then head out towards Apophis to uh, potentially, you know, meet up with it and survey it for like the last couple years before it makes the approach to earth. So we will have stuff surveying it early. Yeah, I read about that actually. That you just yeah. reminded me. I did read that. That they yeah, so there was one. I think it collected something like a I don't know. I remember in the paper like last year, the year before, it was like a big thing. And then they're just going to recycle that same ship or satellite whatever it is. Yeah, so what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to go over to it. They're going to examine it, get a, a more accurate idea of the size. And then they're going to go up to it and do like what they call like some sort of a maneuver where they use the thrusters on the spacecraft to like clear a, a little patch on it so that they can figure out what it's made out of more. Because, you know, if this thing's made out of rock versus being made out of like Tunskin steel, right. it's a big difference in how much it's going to weigh. Yeah. So they're going to do that. And then we've got like China sending one up to it to study the Yarkovsky effect. I don't know if you guys know what that nope. is. <clears throat> nope. So basically, the Yarkovsky effect is like how light hits something. Um, if it hits something dark, it'll push against it more than something that's like a lighter white color. And they think that can affect this thing's um, speed over right. a long period of distance, which could potentially either make the difference in it hitting us or not hitting right. us. Yes. So they were talking about painting it white at one point. Yep. Like, oh, if it gets too close, maybe we could just paint it white and then that would like yeah. slow it down enough or speed it up enough so that it wouldn't actually be a problem. Because it would like absorb the sun's rays. <laughs> yeah. I remember exactly. I watched something on this and that was one of the ways that they were going to deter an asteroid if it came, if it was going to hit us, they were going to paint it white. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. They're, they've they've thrown a lot of ideas out there, like basically connecting these um, like parachutes on it, and like a bunch of different weird <laughs> stuff that that you don't you you look at it and you're like, I don't know if this is really gonna work or not. But right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's surprising that they can do that kind of shit. Yeah. Now the idea yeah. would be just to um, change its orbit, its trajectory enough that it would pass by instead of hitting us directly. What, wouldn't just like some explosions do that, you know, like nuclear explosions or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So good question. I mean, they've definitely considered blowing it up. But the problem is, is if you blow it up, then it's not one big asteroid. It's a whole bunch of little asteroids. And instead of hitting one place on Earth, it could basically just pepper the whole earth as if i mean would you rather get shot with a shotgun or with a single bullet you know like <laughs> it's it's kind of a <laughs> and then you gotta leave uh what the hell's his name yeah bruce willis? If, yeah you gotta leave bruce willis behind that's okay we can get rid of him no but see i think what i was saying was instead of no, not to blow it up but just to have an explosion that would uh alter its trajectory a little bit yeah, yeah, they've they've talked about that also. Um, just you know, like blowing something up right next to it to yeah, kind of throw it off a little exactly, bit. And, exactly. You know, they they've they've had a lot of different ideas, and I mean, potentially if they had caught it a little bit sooner, they probably could have just blown it up um, when it wasn't near us so much. But now that the last pass, the last close pass has already happened until 2029, we're kind of stuck in like, oh, well, let's see what 2029 does because we've got to do these other preventative measures potentially if it boils down to that is kind of what it seems like. 
Okay. So I didn't. I don't know if you're going to get into this or not, but I read a little bit too about this, um, mm-hmm. and I read that as of next year, uh, maybe it was to 2025, you could see it with a telescope, and then by 2027, you could see it with the naked eye, and by um, 2029, it'll be so close that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something like two years before it reaches us, you're going to be able to see it with a telescope. And um, on the actual pass-by of it, it's going to be visible with the naked eye to potentially like two billion people, like a quarter of the population, you'll be able to see it with their naked eye. And that would be so nuts. Yeah. It's probably got like space aliens and diseases on it that are going to... <laughs> potentially all Jump sorts of weird stuff, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Alright. But, yeah, so I was looking into, like, the, uh, you know, just, like, the trajectory. Because, I mean, you, you figure, like, it's a lot easier to pull something off its trajectory if it's light versus it's really heavy. So, um, I went on to this website that NASA has. It's it's called eyes.nasa.gov, right? And um, it basically allows you to go on to their simulator and you can see exactly like where whatever asteroid you pick is going to be at what time. And you can see how close it's going to pass by Earth. And it's weird because when you do that simulator and you set it to, you know, April the 13th of 2029, then it comes right up next to Earth like it. It enters closer than the moon, okay? Yep. And then it just travels side by side next to us for like 14 hours before it supposedly is going to cross paths and keep going. It's like, how is something that's that much lighter than the moon going to be that much closer than the moon for that long and not get affected by our gravity like hardly at all and by the way it's also traveling like almost the exact same speed as the earth so it's like it's just going to be camping out right next to us it's not (laughs) like it's it's not like it's going opposite directions and just going to be flashing by really quick like it's going to be hanging out there for a while isn't that the principle though behind orbit in general like a stationary object um in orbit uses uh its movement to get into into the orbital um pattern at which point it doesn't come crashing down to earth but uh the gravitational pull creates like a slingshot effect where um instead of being pulled toward earth it just kind of whips it around it um in that orbit yeah yeah so um i mean there's there's that potential that it does slingshot it and in which case they're considering it potentially coming back in 2036 Oh. Um, and so they're, they're saying, yeah, for sure we're good right now, or at least that's what they're, they're telling us. And then they, they say they're, they're confident it's not going to hit us within the next hundred years, but we need to see what it's going to do in 2029. Cause it could alter its course to the point where it comes back dangerously close in 2036 or 2068. It's uh-huh. like, wait a minute. Like, you just said there's nothing to worry about, but now you're telling me you have to see about this Yarkovsky effect, and you have to see about, you know, this potentially the Earth's gravity 
altering its course and then bringing it right back to us for 2036. And like, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like there's a lot of contradiction in what they're telling us. So like it slingshots out. And then when it comes back in 2036, it's like, instead of 20,000 miles, it's like 10,000 miles now. Well, technically speaking, um, from what they're saying, this, this 2029 one is supposed to be the closest. I mean, they don't really know because they don't know how our Earth's gravity is going to affect it. But, um, I mean, they're they're saying that we're going to keep studying it and we're keep learning more is all that they keep saying. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we got to figure out what it's doing after it passes by the Earth in 2029 before we can tell you what it does in 2036. But don't worry, we know it's not going to hit us. It's like... Well, what do you keep studying it for? Like, so the, um, I know initially they said it was going to hit in 2029, right? Yeah. Yeah. Initially when they first found it, they were saying that it's potentially going to hit us. And then they, they're like, oh yeah, this thing's probably going to hit us. It's going to be like within 30,000 miles is what I heard. And then they changed it to, oh, we refined it down. We know it's not going to hit us. It's going to be 20,000 miles. Now, have the odds increased since they originally discovered it? Like, what were they like one in a million, and then it went up to one in four hundred, and then they went up to one in um, thirty-six? Um, it, it, it actually seems like they've gotten like they say that they've refined their their scale and their you know their their more precise reading of where it's going to be. But from what I've heard is they started off saying that it's going to be 30,000 miles. And now they're saying it's going to be 20,000 miles. Mm. So it, it's, it's, it's also backwards, you know, it's so hard to figure out like what exactly they're saying. And it's hard because there's a lot of different places that are saying different things, you know, like one will say, Oh, it's going to be 19,000 miles in 2029. And then you've got another one that says, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be 25,000 miles in 2029. But it's it depends who you ask for sure but can i I ask a question now Mm -hmm. we know that the earth and all the planets and the asteroid belt everything they orbit the sun pretty much on the same trajectory is apophis um it's also orbiting the sun is that that's correct right yes and it's it's doing that on a on a um an elliptical orbit that is um is it this uh, how do i put this is it parallel to Earth's or is it perpendicular or is it is it completely different? So it it's uh, a pretty similar to Earth's. Um, it is like a little bit more of um, an oval shaped orbit. Okay. So basically, it's closer to the sun than we are almost all the time, yeah. except for these this short little period of its orbit where it goes and crosses outside of ours and then quickly comes back in. Okay. Um, I'm trying to visualize. Which is part of the reason why we only have to deal with it once every seven years or so. Because, you know, it's typically closer to the sun than we are, and we don't have to worry about it, you know, being that that dangerously close. Mm. So So, I just just thought of something. Sorry. No, you got it. Um, No, you're good. What kind of pictures do they have of this? Like, is there a chance that there's something on it? Like, like a, I don't know, like an alien base or something? Or maybe something behind it? 
I, I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've got some really distant pictures of it. They're not real great from any of them that I've seen. Um, I mean, it is named after the Egyptian god of destruction. So, I mean, you might see the Egyptian god of destruction on it. That I don't know. Sweet. <laughs> That's a little bit portentous that they named it after a god of destruction. It's I know, like, right? Okay, why don't we give I it? A, know, let's give it right? a little bit more of a friendly, fuzzy name if we don't want to be scared of this thing. Seriously, well, I think that when they when they figured out how much it weighed, they're like, oh, it weighs like you know about six. Sixty six point six million tons. Mm. Let's let's name it after the devil. You know, like it was this big <laughs> right. joke, and then they realized how close it was going to be. And they're like, "Oh wait, maybe we shouldn't have called it that." Oh, you so know? it was a little <laughs> it was a little tongue in cheek to start, and they were like, "They maybe yeah, maybe that was a bad idea in retrospect." <laughs> yeah, potentially. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Good job, NASA. So this is a little off topic, but mm-hmm. since you looked into this, did you hear about that? Uh, I think it was like called Muo or something like that. You hear about that? It was like this huge, it was this big, it was an asteroid. It came from out of the solar system into our solar system. And it was like, instead of being like round, I guess most asteroids are round or they got like, uh, I don't know how, what, what it would be called, but they're shaped like a baby rattle. So there's like two ends, mm. skinny in the middle. Okay. This one was like long, oh, yeah. like a pencil. <laughs> And it was flipping end over end. Did you hear about that? I didn't. No? I I didn't hear about that one. I'm kind of surprised I didn't. But yeah, like you were saying, a lot of them are what they call dual lobed. So basically they look like a peanut. Yeah, It's like two clumps next to each other. Hmm. Is what a lot of them um, are looking like, apparently. I don't know. But... All right, so what happens if this hits? Do you know anything? You got anything? So, again, I mean, we don't know what exactly it's made out of or how heavy it is exactly, but we can get a pretty good idea of, like, how much destruction it would do just based off of its size. So, to put this into perspective, okay, we've got... um, We've got the... So, in February of... 2013 in Russia got hit by an asteroid that was about 55 feet. Um, it exploded in the air and it was a big enough shockwave from that explosion to break glass in six different cities. Oh yeah. That was a like thousand people were injured from that. And that was just a 55 footer. This thing is over 1100 feet. Oof. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I saw, I watched so, some videos of that. Yeah. In, in, uh, uh, Tunguska in yeah. like the early yeah Tunguska Siberia whatever they had the that one that flattened it was 750 square miles of forest something like 80 million trees got flattened from the shockwave yeah and uh, the people in the nearby town could feel the heat from over 35 miles away and they were knocked off their feet all their windows were busted and there was uh, a few hundred reindeer found as charred carcasses. I mean, it, it like seared them. Oh yeah, I, I've looked into that. That's a pretty crazy event. <clears throat> yeah, because it like blew so up one... in the air, right? Um, 
like I think over that one, no that one did make impact i think it might have had like a, a minor explosion in air before it hit but they don't know too much about it because it was like out in the middle of nowhere and right. they weren't really watching it right so they kind of just go off of what they have you know uh, for evidence of the of like the the impact site for so, that one so this is way off our regular talk topic but it has to do with that uh tunguska event so, mm-hmm. like, the, the native tribes in the area, they talk about these huge, uh, um, so it's all, like, swamp land out there, mainly, and they talk about these huge metal balls being under the swamp, and you can, like, bang on the tops of them, right? I don't, I don't know what, I forget what they call them, but, uh, I guess some people said that they rose out of, of the swamps and they fucking blasted the asteroid as it came in. I don't know. It's just like a story that they've talked about. But the Russians huh. were not tracking the asteroid. They didn't care about it that much. This was like wait. This was hundreds. Yeah, this was this was in, oh, in oh. 1908. Whoa. This was over 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. so way before any kind of space program was even. Yeah, extended. yeah. It was way back. It was oh, way way okay. back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they estimate that um, that that one that was in Tunguska was about 180 times more powerful than the bomb that we dropped on Hiroshima. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and but they don't know how... Do they know how big it was? It w- They're estimating it to be around 130 feet, give or take. Oh, so a lot smaller than, than this yeah, one. Yeah, it's like a, like a third the size of this one. Um, I mean, there's some people that are considering this thing like a planet killer. It's not nearly as big as, like, the one that took out the dinosaurs or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure life would continue, but it would definitely destroy if it, if it made direct impact with a populated area, it would, it would just flatten it. It would not. Do they know where they must be able to track like whereabouts it's going to hit if, if it does hit. Yeah. So they're, they're going to have a better idea, but I think, um, I think they. I've seen something that said it's going to come in, and they're, it's going to be visible from like um, Europe and Africa, and then it's going to cross the Atlantic and then go across the U.S. And then the last anybody will probably see of it is near the Pacific. So a lot of people are thinking that if it did hit, it would probably be in the Pacific. Take out California. <laughs> Yeah, uh, potentially. <laughs> fall right in, and it's going to finally fall into the ocean. Some sweet surfing, yeah. though, right? You get those <laughs> awesome tsunami waves coming. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah it would be uh, It would be big. Wow. It would be real big tsunamis that would not be good for any part of California. So or no like, surfing then, gotcha. Okay. Like volcanoes for Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? And just drown the whole thing. But there's like a lot of volcanoes in that area. Yeah. Like what if it Yeah, and like, that's That's another concern is because like a lot of our volcanoes are a lot more active right now than they've been in a while. So like we've already got a lot of volcanoes that are kind of on the verge of becoming slightly more active like uh I was watching this thing that was talking about how old faithful isn't so faithful anymore. Uh-oh. That doesn't sound Yeah, good. like it used to be every 66 minutes within a five-minute interval, you know, give or take. And um, now they changed it to every 75 minutes, and it's within a 10-minute range either way. 
Really? Is that that that's weird? I Jesus. Yeah. That doesn't yeah, sound good. About, no, it doesn't sound good, right? Especially, uh, apparently. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was gonna say, especially since that isn't that like a super volcano or something that it's on yeah. top of. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the biggest volcano. I think it is the biggest volcano area in the world. So I I just found this thing that was talking about that area, and they um they were saying that they found this underground section of like lava, and they said it was so big that it was they would be able to fill the Grand Canyon. 11 times with this one chamber of lava jesus yeah like it's enormous and to have an asteroid hit in that area would definitely cause some earthquakes and potentially make some of these volcanoes you know go active like full eruption mode and it would not be good for that part of the country i mean if apophis hit on that side of the country it, it would i mean it could potentially just just cover the entire part of the country with ash i mean oh, yeah. when... probably even more like i wrote this thing i looked up this thing uh mount uh tambora i think it was called it was a volcano erupted in like 1815 and it, they called that year the year without a summer because it just dropped there's so much ash that temperatures dropped like almost a full degree around you know in the western hemisphere at least so, that's, imagine yeah. what like a super volcano would do. Oh yeah, it would be it would be catastrophic on the whole, to the whole world. I mean, it would block out so much of the sun that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't hold a normal temperature, and it would cause like basically an ice age right. for a couple years until it cleared out. Right, right, yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, end of the world coming. <laughs> it seems that way, right? <clears throat> so, you got anything else? Yeah, so also if you go on that simulator on NASA's website, um, it basically when you when you get it as close as it's going to get and you you know you look at it, you know they say it's going to be twenty thousand miles, right? Yeah. But the Earth is its radius is eight thousand miles, just under eight thousand miles. Mm. But based off the simulator and you looking at it, you can see that it's like half the distance of the earth's width so it's like wait a minute is this simulator way off or are you guys like (laughs) that's gotta be something with the simulator then right yeah sounds crazy it's like you would think that they would fix that like (laughs) you know a bunch of paranoid people are gonna look this up (laughs) like did you did you just not bother to fix it like is that how close it's actually gonna be and you didn't think anybody'd notice like what the hell right so I know I didn't know if you I don't know if you looked into any of this, but I know there's some like biblical prophecy going on with this. You, did you look any of that up? Um, a bit. So I found this dude. Um, he his name's Tom Horn, right? And I don't like to I don't like to usually use. Bible stuff for this kind of thing because you know it's it's written kind of vague and like sometimes you can interpret things totally off from it. Oh and, yeah, people have but, been you know using sorry, <laughs> people have yeah, been using but, the Bible to like declare 
the end of the world for forever. Oh, yeah, for ages. And, you know, they've been saying that for the longest time. But at the same time, you know, they they're looking at it from like just a ridiculous extremist point of view. It's like, oh, it says look out for wars and we have wars. So that must (laughs) mean it's the end. It's like, no, we've had wars for thousands of years. It doesn't mean that necessarily. Right. But. I mean, the Bible does have like over 1800 prophecies and like 80% of them have all have come true. And pretty much the only percentage of them that's left are ones that are talking about like the end of times and the second coming of Christ and like stuff like that. So we kind of have to assume that like, if this is coming, like, and there's no other prophecies left that don't have to do with that, then like, we kind of have to assume that they're coming next. Right. (laughs) Right. So I don't know anything about the Bible, really. Is that the book of Revelations? Is that right? That's what that's all about. Um, So, yeah. So basically, like the book of Revelation is. It's a really hard book. It's like it's written in like this weird code where like everything is analogies and um, it's not always chronological. It's it's just it's. It's not it's not easy. To, you can't just sit down and read it and understand it like you've got to, like, know some things or have some scholar, like, explain to you, like, some stuff about it to understand any of it, because it's constantly referring to, like, some random beast with however many heads or <laughs> or or some group of people that are like a tree or something strange. Right. So but I found this Tom Horn guy. Right. And he's like a pastor and He's head of a TV show and he's got all this different stuff that, you know, it makes him fairly reputable. Right. But he claims to have had this dream where an asteroid came to Earth and it hit Earth. Right. And I was like, okay, so this guy's just another quack who's trying to get views because like i don't like anybody who does this whole like i had a dream it was a vision from god right like that right. pisses me off when people do that right but, but this I'm, dude could be true he, you never know you know yeah well it could and I, I looked into him a little bit more i gave him a little bit more of a chance right so he has um <clears throat> he claimed to have had a bunch of these dreams and one of the the big one that he talks about is he claimed that Pope, uh, I think it was Pope Francis in 2012 would retire. And that doesn't happen. Like popes don't retire. They die in office, right? right? A pope hasn't retired in like 600 years, right? And he claimed that on April of 2012, Pope Francis would retire, right? And that day came and passed and he didn't retire. So he's like, oh, crap, I was wrong. Finally, like I've been right about all these different ones. And finally, I'm wrong about like the biggest one. Well, a few months later, they released that the Pope actually had resigned in March and they accepted it in April, but they kept it secret for months. And all of a sudden, everybody's blowing up his phone like, how did you know? How did you know? Like nobody knew. Like, And he's like, oh, I, I had a message from the Holy Spirit. And that really confused him, you know. <laughs> so he's he's got a little bit of reputation of actually being right. Like apparently he's had dreams that like somebody was going to die. And then they did. He doesn't like to talk about a lot of them because a lot of them are personal. 
Like apparently had one where like some couple was going to get a divorce or something. And then they did. And the dude dying and all this, whatever, I guess he's had like 10 or 12 of them or something like that. Right. So he claims to have had a dream about an asteroid and he saw a lot of the destruction of it. And then he claimed to have woken up and went to write it down. He said he thought he heard a voice. He says, I don't know if it was in my head or not, but I heard Apophis. And all I knew about Apophis was it was an Egyptian god of destruction. Uh So he and he knew that NASA named an asteroid Apophis. But he doesn't know anything about astrology, so he just kind of got up and started researching on his computer. And um, he looked into how big it was and, you know, what kind of destruction it might cause and all that different stuff. And um, he realized that his dream was extremely accurate. Like, if it were to hit, you know, he's like, I saw this vision of like, you know, 50, 100 foot tall tsunamis and that would have happened. And I, you know, saw these volcanoes covering the earth with, you know, ash and that would have happened. And I didn't know that. Like, I'm not an expert on this stuff. And for some reason, my brain, you're trying to tell me my brain was just able to like animate that subconsciously and somehow be right about it all. Yeah, prophecy is weird. Like, definitely weird. Yeah, it's it's pretty strange, right? <clears throat> so, I don't know. I, I looked into him some more, and he's got this, like, this video on <clears throat> YouTube where they talk about this group of... Um, they talk about this group of Jewish like prophets who had they were called the Essenes and they had basically predicted the coming and the death of Jesus Christ which was a pretty absurd thing for them to prophesy about um, because a lot of Jews believed that they were the the Messiah was going to be like this great military leader that conquered Rome and like did all these great things and and Right. They so were to say the... that he would die three years later, it was not the popular thing to say. Right. And they didn't, back then, if you had a prophet that was proclaiming to say something in the name of God and he proved to be wrong, then you were supposed to kill him. So, like, <laughs> these guys' lives were on the line by saying this stuff. And yeah, weren't they the, the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Uh, yeah, I think they were. <laughs> Yeah, they were like this little group of Jews that like sounds familiar. Lived just outside of, um, they lived in like Qumran. It was like oh yeah, just definitely. outside of the the main promised land. You know, yeah, they are the authors because that's where they fr- they were from. Yeah, Qumran. Yep. So I thought that was kind of weird, and they go into in depth about these Qumran guys and how they predicted the coming and the death of Christ. And then they talked about, um, they talked about how he's going to return back during this, this certain time frame, Right. Yep. And what's weird about it. Well, okay. I'll give you a little bit of 
explanation here because make sure we're on the same page. So basically, most scholars agree that like the life cycle of humanity on Earth is going to be three 2000 year ages, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 6000 years. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, people will be around for 6000 years and then there will be a 1000 year millennial reign of Christ on Earth. Um, in a physical, some sort of a physical form to basically rule over everybody. Right. And in that 2000 year section, they split it up into four or 500 year, what they call Onas. And then the Onas are split up into 10, 50 year Jubilees. Jubilees. Yes, I've heard this. Yep. Yep. So they predicted what year these the the return what what jubilee I should say um, the return of the Messiah will be, and we you know they backdated it and figured out when exactly they prophesied that, and then they went forward and figured out when it would be, and it came to between twenty twenty five and twenty seventy five. So that's really significant because they also claimed that Christ died right around uh, 32 AD. So um, try to keep 2025 and 2032 in your head because it's going to start coming up a lot here. Okay. So basically these guys, um, these guys claim that it's going to be in that 2025, 2075 range. So if you take Apophis's date and you subtract three and a half years, then it brings you to 2025. If you add three and a half years to Apophis's date, you get to 2032, the year that he died. So that's significant because in the, quote unquote, end of times, there's going to be a seven year tribulation. And they think that this asteroid, most scholars agree that this asteroid will be right in the middle of that seven year tribulation period. So you subtract three and a half years, you get right in the beginning of that Jubilee that he's supposed to come back on. And if you add three and a half years, it comes to the 2032 date, which is exactly 2,000 years after he was crucified. <clears throat> but the strange, the even stranger part is, is once Christ got crucified, supposedly <clears throat> he was going to be gone for a full 2,000 years, and then they they break it up into like millenniums. So they say on the second millennium this will happen. And then on the third millennium, he'll return. So it's basically like, as soon as the third millennium starts, he's going to be coming back. Right. Like early on. Well, he, he died really early on in in the Jubilee that he, that they prophesied in. So they, they seem to think that he would also come back very early on in the, the Jubilee of his return. Right. Right. See, this is like, I don't, I, I don't know if I believe it. This is all just crazy, like numbers and dates. 
Like, how do people figure this out? But it's so, there's so many numbers and dates and so much history involved. It's like, how can it not be true? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, like, so the weird thing is, is like with all these scholars that say it's going to last, you know, the age of humanity is going to last 6,000 years. Well, we're reaching that point right around 2030. Right. Um, we're not exactly sure on that one, but we know that it's going to be right around 2030 is the end of the sixth prophetic day. So what does God do on the seventh day? He rests. rests. You know, he made the heavens and the earth and the animals and the people and all that. On the seventh day, he rests. It's the same thing with the age of people. He <clears throat> dealt with people for 6,000 years, and then on the seventh day, he's supposed to come back and rest for a millennial reign. So, like, that's coming at the same time that these Essene guys are predicting that the final Jubilee is going to happen. Like, almost exactly aligning with that. Right. <clears throat> this is just, like, I don't know what... I don't even know what to believe. My personal view... Sorry to cut back in here, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> if that age is truly upon us, then maybe it's going to be us that creates a new... Uh, species that basically supplants us as as what what exists on earth and we become the creator gods of a of something that takes us over completely and that thing is artificial intelligence we become become useless and similar to the god of of humans we create something and we, you know, we are able to coexist alongside it for a while, but eventually it has no more need for us. And that's kind of the point where we're at right now in humanity. I see yeah, that I the, mean, AI is a, a real concern in a lot of different ways. I mean, we could we could get into CERN and how they're trying to create wormholes to other dimensions and stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, We've talked about it's, them. Yes, we yeah, have. there's a lot of lot of stuff that is sketchy going on the wor- on in the world, and a lot of different ways you can perceive it for sure. I want to believe that humanity's future is not going to end catastrophically. I mean, that could happen with nuclear weapons, and we kill ourselves. Easy peasy. We could run out of resources and just kind of fade away. But mm-hmm. what I want to believe, if humanity does have to end, is that we're, it's going to be because we create something that becomes better than us and um, probably better at managing resources and able to sustain this planet and then ultimately colonize other worlds. I mean, that's like the, the utopian vision of a sci-fi future, I know, but but there is something to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like would agree with you on that one. I, I mean, it's... Sorry. That's just my own personal view on it. You know, I'd rather believe in a in a creation future rather than something that ends in the destruction of humanity. I definitely believe in, like, magic. Like, ancient magic destroying the Earth. Like, all these ancient, like, like scholars. Like, all these, you know, these these Essenes and all these, you know, all these people from ancient history knew something, knew something. And now it's all, like, coming together in the end. And, I don't know, Apophis is going to... Have this, I don't know. It's gonna crack the earth, and all these like magic creatures and demons and whatnot are gonna come out. And I don't know. Oh, have Something you seen like Cabin that. in the Woods, where the old gods end up rising up at the end? Right, like, so kind of cool. like that. Yeah, I love that last scene there. It's just 
giant fist shatters the, yeah. the crust of their something earth. like that. That's what I want to think of. But all right, I got one more prophecy for you here. All right. So there's this part of uh, the book of Matthew and another part of Hosea that kind of align with each other. And uh, basically it's talking about, you know, in Matthew, the disciples are asking Christ when he'll return. So he says, basically he says he, he starts talking about a fig tree. And for some weird reason, the Jewish people are often referred to as like a, a fig tree or an olive tree or whatever. So basically he says when the branches get tender and the leaves come out, you know, this end is the time is near. And, uh, it talks about what a lot of scholars think it's talking about is basically the the Jewish people are the fig tree. And if we look back in history, the Jewish people were revived as a nation in 1948. So they were taken out and scattered all over the place. And after 1900 years, they were basically for 1900 years, they were basically nobody's just scattered all over the place, slaves and prisoners and just all over. And now, after all that time, they won a battle to get back their their homeland against three different enemies and somehow won. They weren't the favorites to win, by the way. So, you know, we see this prophecy coming true in the sense of like these the fig tree is is blossoming the jewish people are blossoming they're they're doing well they're coming together they're back in the area where they should be um they're back in their homeland they're they're doing their thing and then it goes on to say that the people that see this happen the generation that sees this come to pass will see the second coming like this generation will not come to pass before all these things happen. So does this basically to... it's saying that one, the people that see the Jews get liberated, which we've seen um, all of those people from that age will not die off before the coming of Christ, which is pretty eerie considering that it was way back in 1948. Right, so like 20, so how 30 long, something has got to be the reaching the end think, of that. You would think, right? I mean, technically, yes, people could live to be like 110 years old and it could be pushed way out then. But like the average lifespan is somewhere between like 70 to 80 years. And if right. you do the math, then this, you know, when Apophis comes, it would be right around 82, 80 four years something like that does this does this have to do with um like rebuilding the temple is that part of it because i've heard i've heard that when the temple uh is the temple of solomon is rebuilt for a third time that is like the end that's when it begins yeah well so the the temple has to be built because the supposedly the antichrist is going to stand on it and proclaim to be god Oh. Um, but 
I mean, we build things overnight and you got to figure if the Antichrist is around and he wants to proclaim himself as God in the Holy Land, then he can have that thing built. If he's in power of the whole world, basically, he can do that in a couple months. He can have the place rebuilt. No problem. Yep. It sounds so like, like you're talking about AI again. Everything. The Antichrist yeah. <laughs> is AI. Hmm. I keep going back to that. <laughs> Could be. I mean, he's an interesting figure, for sure. Well, uh, prophecy says that it will be an, an, an actual man. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for the Antichrist in an AI engine, although I do think that it might somehow be tied together. I think that some sort of artificial intelligence might potentially clone somebody that's what i'm saying exactly maybe they'll throw a throw a cloned corpse into cern's portal or something and there and can something. be a there can be a, a human created by ai i mean it wouldn't be what the humans as we know them but that could be a man yeah they did it in the matrix did it in the matrix <laughs> but that was <laughs> metaphysical that was in their in their minds oh yeah, yeah still the same apples and oranges maybe Maybe. Yeah, well, you know, I'm ready for the end of the world. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but if it's going to happen, I yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I mean, okay, let me restate that. I'm I'm not ready for the end of the world. I am prepared. You're prepared for How can you be prepared for the end of the world? You can you can hoard all the weapons and food that you want. I got enough food to last at least a month. Food and water for a month. For a month. Oh, yeah, you're definitely... Mo- okay, it's a month, but that, that's You're just delaying the inevitable, dude. Come on. And I got enough ammo and weapons <laughs> to last, at least to, to get me I mean, I'm not saying point I would just, A to point B. So. I'm not saying I would just go out and die, you know, if like a catastrophic event where, you know, an ice age happened. I wouldn't just lay down and die, but I mean... How prepared can you be? You yeah, know? I mean, it is a tricky question. I don't want to become a um, somebody that gets eaten by cannibals. I definitely don't want that. Because I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the biblical side, but I could definitely see how some sort of new world order figure, you know, government within our government, I don't know, shadow government is doing something to, you know, they're going and they're going to, they're like, let's just tell them we'll paint Apophis white mm. and it'll miss us. But <gasps> what we're really doing is we're making it hit us. And then, you know, they take out a bunch of people. They collect everyone else. They put us all in camps. Hmm. That, that's, that's how that's I That's the future that down. you're preparing for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we will know more in 2029, I suppose. I guess so. <laughs> Well, technically, we should probably know more in 2025 because that's would be around when the tribulation would start. We'd start having a lot more signs of it then. There's oh, got to be some wiggle it's room in there. there. There's couple, definitely got to be couple year wiggle room. I hope. <laughs> Maybe. I would. I would think. I don't but know. it could be happening <laughs> it's tomorrow. Hard to say. Me. I don't think anybody can definitely say for sure. But like, I want to believe the biblical magic of it all. But I definitely feel like the. The real world government part is more believable. Well, I mean, the one world government of it and the biblical part of it are kind of tied together. I mean, yeah, they could the, be. The Bible talks about the Bible talks about it, you know, us being pushed towards like, you know, this this one kind of currency and, you know, one form of of money and, and stuff of that sort. So it's 
it, it all ties together. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess they... Yeah, they do. I can see that. But, yeah, sweet. So, I got a little more for you here. All right, let's hear it. So, Scripture talks about there being, like, signs and wonders in the sky and the heavens, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, on the fall of... I gotta look this back up here. I got it somewhere. In September of 2025, we have a blood moon, right? Which isn't really uncommon. Um, it's it's They haven't... Like, Jerusalem hasn't had many blood moons lately. Um, I think from 2012 to 2024, they only had two blood moons. So, like, sometimes you can go a long while without having any. But typically, you get, like, one a year. Um, If you get two of them in one year, then it's... That only happens once every three and a half years. So if you get two of them in a year, it's really rare, rare rarish. But if you get three of them in one year, that's a once every 200 year um, happening. It's it's almost unheard of, right? (laughs) So starting in September of 2025, there is right around the time where, you know, people would say if Apophis is this Wormwood um, prophecy. Wormwood, yeah. Yeah, they they call it Wormwood in the Bible. Right. Uh, So if if it is the Wormwood prophecy, then it would consider the, the tribulation to start around the fall of 2025. So they've got blood moon starting the fall of 2025 that's not very exciting i agree but it also talks about there being um the sun being blotted out and a third of the moon being turned to blood so uh, a third of a partial lunar eclipse we see that again in august of 2026 we've got a third of a blood moon And then on August of 2027, we've got a partial solar eclipse blocking out the sun. Much more rare. And then coming up to the time of Apophis, we have three blood moons surrounding Apophis all within a year of each other. Nice. Then if you go past that and you've got the... You've got another partial solar eclipse in January of 2030, and you've got a partial lunar eclipse with a moon on June 15th, just two weeks later. And then a final one, a total blood moon eclipse on October of 2032. You remember when you went to... It might have you. You were still here. We were working at Grafton, and you went to that. I think it. Oh, what was it? It was something. I don't think it was an eclipse, or maybe it was an eclipse. Remember, you went with like down yeah, south. Yeah, it was an eclipse. Yeah, it, yeah, and it was like supposed to be this huge rare thing that is like hasn't happened in so long, 
And isn't yeah. another one going to happen, like, in a couple of years? Yeah, so, I mean, basically, the signs and wonders um, that happen, we should base it off of, like, the promised land kind of area because, you know, we might have a blood moon here, but it doesn't mean anything if we have one, right. you know, because okay, all yeah. of this stuff is based off of, off of, you know, the promised land. Yeah. Right. Yep. So we look over there and we see a bunch of blood moons in a shortish period of time with a really rare three of them on top of each other. When I went down to see that full solar eclipse where the moon passes in front of the sun, um, that was a full eclipse and I haven't even seen a partial eclipse again since it's been years. I mean, it's really rare and we've got two of them within a couple years right. coming up in Jerusalem here. And then we've got two partial lunar eclipses where a third of the moon will look red. That's when the werewolves also, come out. right around the same time. <clears throat> So I found this video called The Star of Bethlehem, and uh, I suggest everybody watches it. It's just super interesting. It talks about all this different, like, weird signs in the stars, and I don't normally like astrology kind of stuff, but this dude made it really interesting, and he shows, like, a lot of different stuff that was going on right around, like, the time that, Christ was born and died and all these different things. And it, it, it just seems too coincidental to not have some significance. Right. And, uh, um, yeah, you need to have some, definitely need to have some star action going on. Oh yeah. So in this, um, I found this app that you can simulate what the stars are going to be doing when, and I set it to Jerusalem and was kind of strolling around and I was looking at like the Apophis date and I found out that Mars, the red planet, is going to be visible in the face of Aries. It'll look like, or not Aries, sorry, uh, Virgo, <clears throat> which is odd because it doesn't normally go into her face. It usually kind of like scrapes the side of her face, but doesn't really go into it. But for some reason, it's well, what is, in her face. I don't even face. know what any of that means. What does that even um, mean? So, you know, like the constellations. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That so there's sense. this constellation called Virgo, the Virgin, and it's basically just like it's shaped like a person, right? Right. <clears throat> and a lot of scholars think that this this constellation tends to signify the Virgin Mother Mary for these um, astrological events that just happen to be happening at the same time of these big things that go on in the world. Yep. So what is going to happen is Mars, the red planet, is going to go past her face like it normally does, but then it's going to go into retrograde. Do you know what retrograde is? Nope. <laughs> I so, definitely hear so, people talk about it all the time though. Yeah. People like to blame everything on it. They're like, Oh, I'm in a bad mood because you're, Oh, cause Uranus is in, in retrograde. <laughs> it's like, no, you're, you're just a prick. Like, oh my God. No, my <laughs> anus is always in retrograde. I have to say, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah. So basically like think about it, like passing a car on interstate, right? 
the car that you're passing isn't actually going backwards. It's just looks like it's going backwards relative to you going past it. It's very similar with the planets to where when you pass Mars in your rotation, it'll look like it's going backwards when in fact it's not. Oh, like the tires on the car? No, 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 no. No, like like if you pass a vehicle <laughs> Sorry, that, I thought you were talking vehicle... about the tires and how they how they look like they spin in backwards when you go past it. Well, yes, that's the thing, but that's not what I'm talking oh, about. Sorry. <laughs> so so if if you pass a car on interstate, that car is going backwards, right? Right. Okay, yeah. But it but it's not backing up. It's going forward. Right. Okay. So think about it like that. So it's the same thing with the planets. When you come up and you align with another planet and then pass it, it's going to look like it's going backwards in in the constellations, you know, in front of the, the constellations. But it's not actually going backwards. It just looks like that because of the angle of it. All right. Yep. So basically, Mars will go under the face of Virgo like it normally would. And then it'll kind of do a, a loop and, and hook backwards and go up into her face. And it'll appear as if there is like a red tear dripping down her face. And this is happening in the week before Apophis comes. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty creepy. <laughs> like this just you definitely can't have uh biblical prophecy prophecy coming true without there being any sort of crazy ass star movements and stuff yeah Yeah. or whatever what about what about um sorry what about those have you ever heard of like the sky trumpets yeah i was actually i was actually thinking about bringing that up but i wasn't too sure if oh yeah those are sweet I've never heard 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 one, but I've definitely heard them online and on TV. Like, what? Yeah. I wonder what's going on there. Like, that's got to yeah. be some sort of biblical sign. They call them skyquakes, um, but it's I don't know. It's strange. You know, a lot of people are considering them like the horns of the apocalypse. Um, so, like, I I saw a video the other day where there was this like perfect ring cloud around the Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. And it, it looked really weird. It was like this enormous ring of clouds that like, it just looked so perfectly symmetrical. It just didn't make any sense. Right. And it was connected too. like, it wasn't like it was like a half circle or something. Like it was like a perfectly round circle right over the city. And there was this weird trumpet noise. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? And a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's the trumpets of the apocalypse. And it's like, eh, I don't necessarily think we're there yet. But it's definitely pretty interesting to look at it and be like, well, maybe we are. But I don't know. When I think when I think of that, I think of, uh, of course, now I forget with the uh what was the name of that city with the walls? And they played the trumpets. Jericho. Yeah, and the walls came crashing down. That's what I think mm. of when I hear them. Yeah, it's it's strange because they... Um, so basically, they 
they've got this sound that's being heard all over the place. I mean, it's not like it's just in one area. Right. And yep. they're hearing it from long distances away. Yep. And they were estimating how much power it would take. And they were saying that, so the, um, like some of the biggest radio stations are about like 50,000 watts. Hold on. Right? Who, who's saying this? Is this like, uh, I was is watching this, like a... this. I was watching this thing where Joe Rogan was interviewing somebody and he was talking about, he was some expert and he was talking about how these radio stations are like up to 50,000 watts. But these sky trumpets are probably putting out enough energy to where they would take like. 3 million watts right just to make that kind of a noise yeah so it's hard to like be like oh yeah it's just some redneck in the woods playing tricks on us you know blasting right. his radio with a microphone you know it, it's it's not something you can just easily mimic have and you heard they're these? showing up all over the place I'm, I'm sure bank hasn't heard these but you haven't heard them dude you should check them out on like the in, internet in person have i heard no them? on the internet okay just like like there'll be people like standing like in a shopping, you know, in a parking lot or something, and all of a sudden there'll be like these, Whoa. dude, they're nuts. Oh man! Like the sci- like scientists, do they even know? I haven't looked into them at all, but they're like, so they just call them sky quakes. That's it. Oh, I want that to happen to me now. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, they don't know what exactly it is, and everybody who witnesses them is like, yeah, it's really eerie and kind of celestial, and yeah, like definitely, and like. They they're really everybody that witnesses them is like super freaked out by it because you can't tell where it's even coming from. Like it's not it's not coming from the left or the right. Like it's literally like you just hear it coming down from the sky. And a lot of people say that it's strong enough so that you can feel it like physically, like in your bones. I bet. bet. (laughs) Like it's Mm. it's super supposed to be super eerie. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you can and you can definitely tell it's not like some sort of machinery somewhere doing something like you can tell because it sounds just like a trumpet too like someone blasting into a trumpet yeah wow it's cool how big of a group of people has heard this um at one time oh i don't um, know no, it's like entire cities and stuff have Whoa, heard it. oh wow that's wild yeah and it's weird because like one day it'll be you know down in like south america and then the next day it'll be up in like Europe, like just a couple weeks later. Wow. Yeah, and I've, I've seen like videos on YouTube where it's just like one or two people, but I'm sure they, I'm sure like if you're there, then you'll hear it. I mean, have they captured it on camera? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I definitely yeah. Oh yeah, there's that. a bunch of, bunch of videos of it. And what else is weird because it, it started happening. They started having like documentation of it around, you know, video documentation of it around like 2012 ish and then it seemed to kind of stop for a few years and then they started another like big burst of it happen in 20 i think it was like 2017 yeah it's definitely like a new something new because you don't hear much about stuff like that uh going on until quite recently oh yeah even like the older books that i have there's nothing really about like sky trumpets or you know you, you know, there's like topics of strange sounds from the sky, but nothing like quite like that. It's definitely a new phenomenon. Hmm. I don't know. When I think of those, I definitely think of like biblical end of the world. Apophis. Well, it's hard not to because like what the hell else could it be? Right. There's yeah. no rational explanation. 
No. Yeah, and when you've got the Bible saying, yeah, there will be these trumpets that you'll hear, and right. they'll signify these different things, like, why wouldn't, you know, and we don't have any other answers. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just call them skyquakes. We're not going to call them trumpets anymore. We don't <laughs> want people to freak out. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you got anything else? I didn't really do... Um, I kind of skimmed over the topic, but I didn't really look into it. So, I don't really know what, what you got. Or what. I did see something about the Wormwood. Uh, them calling it Wormwood in, in the past. Yeah, oh, let me read a funny passage here from a guy on Reddit about Apophis. He, uh, his name is A Polite Noise, and he says, What if it coincidentally strikes an alien ship that was landing to make friendly first contact, <laughs> destroying it, which is mistaken for a hostile act by their species and triggers an interstellar war. That'll, that's, that'll probably happen. No that one would really fuck up. I mean, how bad would that be? Because that would be a whole different kind of apocalypse. I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to distract. That was just all a funny... This... <clears throat> I could definitely yeah, talk... see some sort of like... Uh, like I don't know, alien space. Fucking huge just spaceship just following right behind this sucker. Oh, They're yes. like, catch a ride on it. They're like, They're, it's going to Earth. It's Let's go. <gasps> like, I can see that. That'd be cool. Especially Have after guys... that Oumuamua thing came flying in. Like, that was pretty crazy. Hmm. Hmm. You should, Tyler, you should look into Oumuamua. It's named after uh, a Hawaiian god. And yeah, it was like the weirdest thing. So it was long, kind of like a pencil. It was flipping end over end. It wasn't like like a uh, natural asteroid. And they even thought that it might have had some sort of propulsion to it. Just just by the way it was flying. Huh. Check it out. Oh, why do I keep getting Charlie horses in this fucking chair? I know these chairs are not super comfy. Ow. Nikki B, Charlie horse. That's the second time. Wait, second time today or no, second? No, but last time. Holy shit! I know. I'm sorry. They're not. They're not a good height. They're just. Uh, yeah. Well, you gotta stand then. I will. That's what Tim Heidecker does. It's pretty <laughs> badass. Like, let me get a picture. Of you stand. Oh wait, no, I can't. Wait. Put your phone on camera mode or video mode, and let me take a quick video of you standing. <laughs> Tyler, did you tell anyone about the podcast yet? Because we randomly, well, our listenership jumped like three, 300%. 300%? I mean, it, when, it. it's okay. It's a, we're kind of fudging the numbers <laughs> there because we only had like 10 <laughs> listeners. So it's not yeah, that I big. I totally was fucking with you the other day. Oh, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, we're not very popular, but we're going to take off, Tyler. I promise you this thing's going to get big and you'll be on one of the... <laughs> One of the um, the starter episodes. I thought we had 400 listeners, but oh, we, we have, only have... We have like 500 listens. Yeah. That was and my bad. Something. Um, yeah. That was my I don't bad. Know, you guys got any more, you guys got any more questions about it here? I got a, I got a few facts that I think I might've skipped over. Yeah. Let's hear them. I think I, I think I sh- yeah, I think I skipped over my last couple facts about how big it would be. Um, so they say that it could be up to a thousand megatons of TNT. 
and that could potentially be like a million times bigger than Hiroshima. Damn. And to put that into like a different kind of perspective, um, if you take all of the bombs on Earth and put them together, it would be like 10,000 megatons. So this would be like a tenth of every bomb on the entire Earth blowing up all in the same place. Shit. Yeah, like this thing will definitely... I mean... I think any asteroid that's bigger than a golf ball or maybe bigger than a car. But we're not actually talking extinction level, right? We're talking like, you know, big giant city or or maybe even like something the size of a small state. Is that what we're talking? Well, um, if it it makes land more the aftermath that you got to worry about. Yeah, the impact site, the impact site would destroy pretty much an entire state. Yes. Okay. Um, the surrounding area would be greatly affected by it. And if it potentially cracks the mantle of the earth or causes some earthquakes like this Tom Horn guy's dreams seem to be implying, then we would have a lot more trouble than just the impact site. I mean, if it hit Mm. in the middle of the country, there probably wouldn't be any trees except for on the coasts. I mean, they would probably be flattened all throughout the country because I mean, if you look at the um, the one that hit out in Tunguska, Tunguska. Yeah, I always have trouble with that name, I know, so I have to look funky. at it. It's like if you look at that one, Tunguska getting that one was about 230 feet across ish. And this one's over a thousand over eleven hundred. Mm. So, I mean, that was big enough. That was big enough to flatten trees basically from you guys to me. And I'm in North Carolina. Wow. Yeah. So if it hit in the middle of us, it would flatten every tree between us. And that little 220 foot one or whatever it was. Hopefully we got some of those asteroid (laughs) towers like they did in the Siberia. Blow up some of these. Some of these shit coming in. Also, I'm seeing something about a gravity tractor. If we know far enough out, we might be able to divert. I mean, again, it's all depending on its mass. And, um, you know, like you said, whether it's made out of rock or some kind of tungsten. But, Mm. you know, sending something up far enough in time, you know, years in advance to help pull it off a trajectory that would collide with us. seems to be a possibility that they discuss. Yeah, it it's possible, but it's it's strange because you know the uh, the new like space force that they came up with. Right, a few I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So basically, they came up with that in an instant and had no troubles with budget, had no issues with any of the, you know, they they just created a whole new branch of the military. Like mm. that's not cheap, right? And it's all based off of um, finding asteroids basically it's not it's not like we're actually preparing to fight aliens right right it's pretty much all looking out for asteroids and they played it off like oh trump's afraid of aliens so he created this new branch of the military to make people like roll their eyes at it not pay any attention to it but it's funny because they came up with this shortly before the last pass of apophis before the really close ones coming in 2029 so it's like they tried to throw something together really quick last minute before this, this pass by in, in 2022. 
and it's almost like the Americans like are playing catch up with the Russians at this point, right? Because isn't Russia more prepared for um, incursions by asteroids and whatnot? Like they've devoted a lot more time. I mean, they've been hit several times. Right, so. Yeah. So maybe they ha- obviously they have more of a stake because they've experienced I it. But I no, I, I hear what you're saying though. That's it's a lot of money suddenly to throw at a problem that wasn't really given any thought previously. Yeah, yeah. So the one that goes from Bennu to Apophis, they're giving it a two hundred million dollar bonus. Oh, what? Just yeah, yeah. So the one that went and collected that that sample off of Bennu, and then it's going over to check out Apophis and oh, survey the its name of the size other, and stuff. The other that asteroids. one's getting a yeah, just just not the entire trip just from when it drops off the package and throws it down to earth and then travels over to catch up with Apophis, just going to catch up with Apophis and surveying it. Mm. That's going to cost, they're going to pay NASA an extra $200 million for that. Wow. Plus China's sending a spacecraft up. Plus we're sending another one up. And it's like, y'all are ready to pay a billion dollars for an asteroid. You're really not worried about. Mm hmm. I hear you. <laughs> and open a whole new branch of the military, potentially. We'll probably try to stop it and then fucking harvest all the the gold and silver. And the sweet, sweet it. goop inside. Yeah. They're going to shoot one of those claws at it and drag it in so that they can use <laughs> so that they can use all the tus, tun skin on it. Oh, yeah. Like, no, we want this thing. There's too many precious metals on it. How it's cool really would cool. that be if they brought it in for like a really, really gentle landing somehow? <laughs> I mean, I know that's impossible, but yeah, say they put like some kind of crazy parachutes on it that are able to withstand the heat of the atmosphere and just glide it in into the ocean and just like bloonk. Like they hire, what's his name? The Tesla guy with SpaceX to design some sort of rocket that'll land it. Oh yeah, Elon. Yeah, fucking Elon. I'm sure he could do it. He can do anything. Yeah, he can. He's super, He's Iron Man, JK. <laughs> I mean, when you have as much money as him, you can do pretty much anything you want. Yeah. True. Fucking guy. But Oh, uh, one other thing. Um... <clears throat> So I made a, I made a Facebook page. Yeah. It's called, it's called Apophis Wormwood Prophecy. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to have to add this or something. Yeah. So go on, add it and watch the videos on it. I, I got all the links to like a lot of the YouTube videos that I found that are really good. And, you know, they, they explain a lot of the stuff a lot better than I do. So It's definitely worth a sit down and watch. I've also got a lot of pictures on it of like the uh, the NASA simulator uh, showing how close it's going to be or how close it's glitching out and making it look a lot closer than it's supposed to be. And uh, yeah, I got a, a picture of the uh, the Mars in the face of Ares off of that simulator. That's a different simulator, but. Yeah, you got some cool you, stuff on it. Can I'm you send more. some of these to Nick so we can put them I up got, on the Insta? I got them right here. Oh, Nick, you have them. Okay, cool. Yeah, I already. Oh shit! But I'm under. I'm not under my. I got so many Facebook pages that. Let me. Uh, I'll switch over. We got to get you like a sweet laptop or something, man. It's hard to do all that on the phone. Yeah, you know, that's all right. Oh, look at that. I got four followers. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hey, got to start somewhere. Yep. That's like the hardest well, thing is to get people to right? fucking... Oh, my God. 
It's like pulling teeth. Yeah. Rate and review. Like if we, if everyone who listened to the podcast that has listened to it has just rated it or reviewed it, like we would be gold by now, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's, those, it's real. those reviews that like boost you up in in you know the search bars and and just the search menus, you know. I've done my part. I've created like four or five aliases to go on and review that shit. <laughs> really? I'm out of words. I don't. My vocabulary is not that good. The the algorithm picks me up and and it doesn't let me comment. Those are the four listeners you guys have? Pretty much. <laughs> it's like me and my four mom. aliases? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, no, that's not true. It's not true. We have legit listens. We have like 500 plays now or something. We're getting there. No, when I told you that, I really did think that we had more than that. So I was kind of bummed out when I heard that. But <laughs> Don't worry. It'll build. It'll build. I'm telling you. Have faith. Well, you better start building quick because the end of the world's coming. So. <laughs> right? We got to get on this shit. Come on, people. <laughs> gotta, you got to hurry up. Your, your time for success is, is running nigh. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We got to speed this bad boy up. The, the beginning of the tribulation is like two years away, yo. You got you to gotta get on it. Hopefully oh, by shit. then. I mean, two years is a good amount of time to build a podcast following, I think. Oh, That's, yeah. We should, if we need more than that, then we're fucked. Then I we mean, should just stop. We just should, yeah, <laughs> we should just call it at that point. But, yeah, sweet. That was fun. Yeah, Tyler, yeah. thank you for uh, for joining us, man. It's been a, a, a pleasure to talk to you and get to know all this stuff. It's, uh, it's yeah, very, likewise. very interesting. Yeah, nice. Thanks. Yeah, and definitely uh, go check out some of my videos because they'll they'll make it a lot clearer than I can. Is there anything that you can just say to the audience, you know, if you want to give a plug or something to your site? Yeah, plug your stuff again. Let's set this up oh. just in case we got to do some cuts. So let's just start yeah, over so really quick. The, the Facebook page is called Apophis Wormwood Prophecy, and Apophis is spelled A-P-O-P-H-I-S. Okay. Yep. And that's Facebook. You got any YouTube stuff or anything else? No, not yet. I really just wanted to like, I started finding a lot of videos that, you know, seem, seem to all be connected and have a lot of good information. And I wanted a place to just put it all together. Okay. Cause I felt like, Oh shoot. I'm, I, I found that video a while back and now I can't figure out where the hell it went. And right. you know, so I was like, screw it. I'm just making a Facebook page. Yeah, that makes sense. I made one, made one and uploaded a bunch of stuff on it. So, well, I just gave you two followers. So, woo! I would. I'm not on Facebook, but but I will. uh, We'll get the word out there and get you some followers, and hopefully your people come over to the almost canon side too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, now I can uh, now I can post the the podcast on it as well. So right on. <laughs> All right, let's call it Nikki boy. What do you say? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll let Tyler go, uh, and then we'll get out of here. But dude, we'll have to I'll have to call you sometime. It's been a fucking while. I think the last time I really talked to you was when like like last year or something. They had that. You remember that like Facebook group thing with everyone from Grafton. Come on, nobody wants to know about this shit. <laughs> no, I know. Well, you can edit all this out, <laughs> but right. okay. that was like the last time I talked to you, so it was nice yeah, to, it was cool to fucking 
hear you talk about this. Yeah, no, to, it was fun. To find out we, that you, uh, you knew all this shit, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I had this issue where I had like a pinched nerve in my neck or whatever, and I was just sitting on the couch. So it was like affecting my vision. All so right, yeah. I couldn't really see anything. I didn't really feel sick, but I'm just sitting on the couch all day, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I like type in a YouTube video. I just found out about Apophis. So I was like, oh, oh look up a thing on, on YouTube about Apophis and basically sit there and listen to it, you know? So I didn't have anything else to do. It's like, I don't want to watch videos on YouTube that I can't watch. So I just sit there and listen <laughs> to it the whole time. Uh, so yeah, I spent like what? two weeks just sitting there doing that for the most part. Oh my Jesus. And, uh, yeah. And also if you guys are looking for another topic to talk about, um, oh, my, yeah brother-in-law has a potential um oh yeah you he knows a about lot this. about like the rothschilds and stuff like that so yeah they'd be good to get into that is like yeah way over my head i barely know anything but i know the rothschilds are involved in some serious money business there's some shit there i've heard that name but i don't know anything about it either they like run the banks of the world Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's read like multiple books about how basically they are using their money to like leverage the politicians into doing what they want them to do, and like and they've been doing that running, for running the governments of years. without even being in the government. Yeah, and they've been doing it for hundreds of years. Like they've been they've been the banks for just since uh, the. I'll tell yeah, you what, I've been in the bank time. since uh, we started this podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is it called? Of course, now, I, now I'm talking about it and I can't even think of what it's called. All right, fellas, let's save this for another episode. Come on, let's keep it tight. <laughs> okay, all right? okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah, thanks, oh, hey. Tyler. Hey, one, one other thing that I don't know if you guys have looked into or not. Have you heard of the Commonwealth Games? No. So... The Commonwealth Games are like a little mini Olympics, right? <laughs> They're like basically like a European only Olympics. So they had this opening ceremony and it was it was like super weird. Like and so many people are talking about how like this is like a satanic ritual, like blah blah blah. Like like a lot more than you know the the Grammys or whatever that we had a couple nights ago. Like this is supposed to be for a sports event, and basically the beginning of this this video was a star coming down from the sky and breaking up into little pieces, and everybody saw a piece of the star come down to Earth. And all these people ran out in the woods and they found these like little glowing crystals in the woods. And they basically started like bowing their heads and praying to them. Right. Oh, and this really happened. Um, this that really was, happened. Like, this is the beginning. Huh? This is the beginning ceremony of like the, one of the biggest sports events in the world. We just haven't heard about it because we're not right. in the yeah. European area where it is. Yeah. So, <clears throat> they bring these crystals home and then their houses start to float away and they all come together in this arena and they're calling this arena like Babel. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm confused here. This was choreographed or this happened? No, no, no. It's not, 
it's it was choreographed for oh, okay, sure. Okay, okay. I was like, whoa, hold on, what? What's going yeah, on? It was the, no, it's the beginning ceremony. I said All that right. part. No, I but, know, but then I was like, this happened during the beginning ceremony of this thing. This is nuts. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I would have started off with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's um, fucking weird. Yeah. So basically, they they like had these these dreamers they call them these people that found these crystals and started praying to them uh they all came together and they're doing this weird like creepy ritualistic kind of dance whatever right but then they send out this giant like mechanical bull that's like enormous out of the middle of nowhere and they're calling it the beast and they're talking about how they're in Babel. So like Whoa. scripture stuff, like the right. tower of Babel, the yep. beast that like deceives the world. And yet they're downplaying it like, Oh yeah, this beast was back from this war and he now is um, tamed and he's a friend and he signifies unity and peace and joy and they go over and they like remove some like armor off of this thing mind you this is like a 60 foot tall bull like this thing's huge and they like take this stuff off of it and they're still doing their like ritualistic dance and the whole time the announcers are like being like, Oh, what a beautiful sight. And <laughs> this beast is, this beast is so, so now, now our friend. And it's like, are y'all trying to predict and program people to like, accept the antichrist? Like right? what in That's the hell weird. are you doing? Like, like you're literally like, Oh, if the beast shows up, like just, just go tame him and be his friend. And he's a really great beast. As soon as he gets done with his war and, and all this different, it's like, what in the hell am I watching? Yeah. It sounds <laughs> like they're this? like trying to reenact something, you know? Yeah, dude, they really were like they had to be like they knew what they were doing and they did that with CERN, too. Did you see the CERN opening video? No. CERN is just this, weird to begin with. CERN. They keep popping CERN up. Is op- CERN is openly admitting that they're creating like wormholes right. and they're sending messages to these wormholes and they're getting responses. Oh, like what? they're not getting like they're not like getting definite answers but like they can like oh they're just getting something something yeah they'll like make this little mini wormhole and they'll like send like some sort of a message into it and then they'll get some sort of a response but they won't get the response if they don't send the message into it or something weird like they won't really explain it but they're openly telling us that they want to they're open to making a, a wormhole and potentially sending something into it, or maybe something will come out of it. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is weird. And you guys are doing this just so that you can learn more about dark matter. Like, dangerous. Are, are you trying to make portals? Or are you trying to learn about dark matter? Right. I don't understand. They're, um, they've got this statue out in front of their two main buildings. Yep. And it's like, it's like some weird goddess of destruction. Yeah. I've heard of it's, it. Yeah, it's really weird. And their opening ceremony was basically a bunch of like um, mine workers, like marching like zombies towards this giant screen that was uh, like a rock wall. And they started tearing away at the rocks. And behind the rocks, there was like this weird eyeball, you know, (laughs) like the all seeing eye. (laughs) And eventually these like weird 
spirits and ghost-like creatures and topless angels started coming out of the thing. Hold up, and topless angels? Yeah, dude. Ooh, and you know what? They took this thing off the internet. Like, you cannot find it anymore. Hardly, like, you got to dig deep to find it. Like, you can find a lot of little pe- bits and pieces of it, but they, like, removed it from YouTube because they, they're, like, recognized that it was, like, it's too folk. weird. And people were, like, catching on to it. <laughs> like, how, like, openly they were... Um, I'm telling you, I've been telling people for two episodes now that CERN is opening portals to the fey realm there's something back there that they want it's dangerous yeah. shit and well they're doing their um upgrade and uh they're gonna be starting back up in 2025 i think jesus yeah this is like 2025 just keeps coming, coming up together. 2032 just keeps coming up you know like it, it, it's weird and uh yeah they had a they had this like weird goat thing like dancing around and like screaming like a maniac. And it's like, what does this have to do with you guys colliding particles together to make dark matter? Oh yeah. Like, See, wh- that's a fake folk. I don't understand. Like what, why? Like, why don't you guys just have a statue of two particles colliding? They got like, polish it up, make it all pretty. Like, why do you need like goats dancing in a, like a ritualistic manner and like topless angels floating around? Those are fake like, folk, man. Like, I'm telling you. Like, that's true. That's a like, good point. You got topless <laughs> elves, dancing fawns, like, some crazy shit going on it's it's creepy and you know it is um actually revelation talks about there being a bottomless pit and the devil coming out of the bottomless pit and we have cern sitting here openly trying to open a pit and having these opening ceremonies trying to open a, a a portal to another realm right and and having these ceremonies that have like wild crazy goat men running out of it like like um you guys are upgrading it when and when is it going to start back up again like right. it's it's pretty freaky and and the worst part about it is this cern is a government-run company so we can't just be like we can't just like call up the un and be like you need to shut these guys down because we don't trust what they're doing because we'd be like you know it's they're their own government like no we don't feel like it right china's getting on board they're trying to build one that's like of course they are five times bigger or something like that of course they are that's where it's at the fey realm man but all right let's i think we're done this is it all right cool thanks again tyler yeah that was nice hey thanks for having me guys and um i i can get you um connected with uh with my in-law there if you wanna if you wanna yeah have him on sometime to talk about that other stuff we definitely need some gonna have some more guests i know we got some lined up um but definitely that sounds good sweet all right well hey take care guys and that is almost canon